0: my dad did really intelligent art where he did like political art and he had political things he was trying to say things he was commenting on like there was a there was a lot of that in his work and he even he said uh, the rational mind
1: is the home of bad painting the rational mind is the home of bad painting i want to write that down I feel like there are so few truths, like absolute truths in life. And that is one of them. The first thing I think of when I think of Anang Beam is how she is one of the most gentle, genuine, authentic and beautiful souls that I've had the gift of encountering. Quiet magic, serendipity, generosity, and a soft strength all come to mind when I think of her. And in fact, those words also describe her artwork. Nung is an accomplished and very talented artist who attended visual arts programs at the Boston School of Museum of Fine Arts, the Ontario College of Art and Design, and the Institute of American Indian Arts. She has shown her artwork all over the world, from Nova Scotia to British Columbia, Boston to New Mexico and beyond in China, Slovenia, and Croatia. The second thing my mind excitedly does when I think of Anang is get all dreamy about her line of handcrafted watercolor paints, beam paints, perhaps the most coveted of treasures in my own studio. Brilliantly named paintstones, these gorgeous little hand formed balls of paint made from yummy ingredients like tree sap and Manitoulin honey come wrapped in beeswax canvas on slices of cedar and birch offcuts from an indigenous sustainable lumber operation. Everything about these paints feels good to the soul. And let me tell you, they are an absolute joy to paint with. It's not surprising that as art supply stores from coast to coast clamor to carry her paints, Canada's In2Go Books recently came knocking to form a partnership to sell her paints across the country and beyond. It is an absolute pleasure to, to have her on Creative Genius today. Welcome, Anang. Hey, thank you so much. Oh, it's just, I've been looking forward to chatting with you and there. I had to, when I was writing all the questions I wanted to ask you, I had to really limit myself because I could probably <laughs> talk to you for three weeks. But um, for people who are just listening to Creative Genius, the podcast for the first time, I wanted to sort of explain what we're doing here. And what it essentially is, is I, I want to be busting through all of these old myths about creativity that I think we collectively hold. I know personally, there are millions of people out there who who I, I believe are mistakenly believing that only certain people are creative or should have access to creativity. And I know, you know... Doing art shows for years and years, people would come up to me and say, Oh, I wish I could be an artist, or I wish I could draw, or I could paint, or but I'm just not talented. And it drives me crazy because I, first of all, I feel like that wish is creativity itself saying, Let me out. Um, but I also feel like we're doing ourselves a disservice when we don't let ourselves play and explore. And so, talking to art people like you who've bravely chosen to let art lead the way in your life, I think can help people understand and discover that creativity not only is available to every single person on the planet, but there's magic that can happen when, when you let it take over your life. So I, I know I read a little bit about you. Um, you were raised by both of your artists were parents, your, your parents were artists, Carl Beam and Anne Beam. And it sounds like art and creativity and that kind of mad life was woven in right from the very beginning. Um, was it, was art something you always knew would have sort of front and center stage in your life? Or was there ever a time when you thought, you know what, I'm gonna, maybe I'll be a helicopter pilot. I'm going to go a different direction than my family. And, or like, how did, how did art come to be such a big part of your life?
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely always been the back backbone of my life, the, the real constant. But, um, yeah, when I was little, when I was really little, my dad was really proud because I think when I was like four or five, I wanted to be the prime minister and he he would tell everybody, look at that prime minister.
1: Oh. <laughs> Something like
0: that. I think we had been in Ottawa and he was at an art event for indigenous artists called Scana and um, Mila Mulroney Mul- Mul- came into the, to the event and she she seemed like the queen to me. It was, it was so fancy and amazing. And she walked up to me and held my chin, like held my, my face. <laughs> it was just <laughs> a like, wow. very, very surreal thing. And it must have really landed on me. But I don't know how I took the Mila Mulroney event and
1: then said, I want to be prime minister. Prime minister. Yeah. Well, I love that you didn't want to be the prime minister's wife. You wanted to be the prime minister. <laughs> that's, that's the best. Yeah,
0: that's why my mom and dad, they were really, uh, I was homeschooled by them. So for the early part, part of my childhood, I did a bit of, high, I did high school. And, uh, but
1: everything before then was homeschooling and traveling with them. And so I, I imagine there that was just, like, filled with art and because that's what they were doing. You were doing what they were doing. Exactly.
0: That's what they were doing. So I was going to all those things, and uh, it, it was an incredibly unique, really fortunate childhood. And mm. But it was so totally bizarre and surreal, too. Like, this would not have been a good childhood if you were destined to, like, need stability in your life or you know, you were going to become anything to do with calculation and measurement or, you know, constancy. Mm -hmm. It definitely did give me a template for how things could be not good, but still go well. Like, I never really realized how poor we were until I was older. And Mm -hmm. we were really, really poor. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we, we definitely lived in our car for a brief bit of time in the early 80s were you an only child yeah well my my father had children from his first marriage but I he came from like also this was the second act for him because his his first marriage was annulled and he had had children very young and then and this is how he related to, to me. So if it's not factually accurate, that's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> we will hold you accountable. Yeah, but he wanted to become an artist. He had been in the trades for his whole life. He helped build Blue Line subway. He uh, was. He helped build um, one of the hydroelectric dams in BC. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, uh, and he had a lot of like near death experiences working in construction I trades. Bet. Yeah. He was actually on the roof of a, a turbine, and he's explaining that the turbines are running as they're being constructed. Right, the engines are running, the river wow. is flowing, and he's on top of a cap that they're gonna they're gonna cap the turbine, and he's on that piece of concrete, and the crane operator jolts it so, just so, and he flies off into the oh. turbine. Oh my. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh Carl's dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's just <laughs> dead. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, no,
0: it's this is how it's funny because he wakes up on a mesh of rebar. Wow. Looking up and he landed on, on rebar down there. So he wow. he climbs off the rebar and he just goes straight home. He doesn't like go back to work or check in. He just like hauls crawls home and then He gets home to realize that he's been mistaken, like taken for dead. For
1: dead. Yeah. But then he shows up. Wow. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, was that, was that when he decided that he needed to make a transition to being a full-time artist around there? Okay.
0: Well, pretty much, it was an interesting transition for him too, because he was older. He wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't go high school, art school, art practice. He was in his mid mid to the late 30s okay yeah and then he got a uh grant from canada manpower to take some jobs training and so he took drafting and in the drafting schools he got an art an art elective and he just loved it and eventually he managed to make the art elective into a scholarship to
1: kootenai school of the arts Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. And
0: then he eventually got his BFA at UVic. Um, wow.
1: Mm-hmm. So you've all, so so maybe that's where you, so then you grew up in that environment and then, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm an artist too, but I, I haven't studied extensively the way you have. I mean, there's a million different ways to climb the mountain. and But I yeah. guess maybe that kind of like, that is another influence that that he had on you is like the studying aspect of it. And then when you finished your schooling, what did you, when you were, you know, done your, done the last of your degrees and you were like, okay, here I am. I'm, I've studied enough. Now it's time to go out in the world and do this. What was that? What were you, what was your vision for your, what did you think your career was going to look like?
0: It's so funny because um, I knew I wasn't going to teach right now. It was just odd
1: because I think I do teach right now. Well, you're a great yes, because you are a great teacher. But it's yeah, it's a different kind of teaching. But, yeah, yeah, I didn't
0: think I was. I wasn't purposefully trying to. Actually, I never graduated. I went to. Uh, Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, yeah. that's great. But I did get approached by a school that I went to. They wanted me to be in their alumni program, where they could say, "Hey,
1: oh, look at our look at our graduates." and uh, i had right. i had to say <laughs> um, <laughs> is it okay that i never graduated <laughs> uh, yeah um, so- yeah well you know one of the th- one of the things that i feel like very passionate about and i hope that this podcast and all my work around it can help to do is i feel like there's so much gatekeeping in the art world like you can't be an artist unless you finish this degree or you can't call yourself an artist. It took me almost 20 years to call myself an artist. And I was born an artist. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that about myself. And and because I feel like there's all these, like, you need to have letters behind your name or you need to have... And so I feel like there's so much important, like, just even having this conversation around how you can have a successful career and be an artist and call yourself an artist without... Mm-hmm. Without needing anybody's validation, you know, that, that doesn't have to come from an external thing. It can come from inside.
0: Yeah, it, it is yeah. interesting how there's, well, it has to come from inside mm-hmm. and it has to be so totally for you. And I remember hearing this interview with um, musicians once and they were talking about doing what they were doing and they were successful musicians and somebody had called in and they were talking about following that, maybe as their career path, if they wanted to do something like that. And the, the person being interviewed said, well, it isn't like you decide to do it or you don't decide to do it. The, the people who end up doing it are, are doing it because they can't not do it. Mm-hmm. eventually this it's just has to go this way mm-hmm. and that's a, almost a way to like give yourself
1: permission to do it mm-hmm. yeah it's not <laughs> up to me yeah it's making Sorry, me do it I have, yeah. I
0: have to do this and
1: yeah so is that is that what happened to you with your art like in your I, at the boot yeah I
0: think so um yeah I don't really think that I could like I don't really think I could function in in uh in the world any other
1: way like because you mean um like expressing creativity or yeah some some something like that like my the the
0: feeling I have about all all artists like I really love painting and yeah other people who paint other painters and like historical painters, currently living painters. It's like, I'm, I'm the person who's always recommending, Hey, go see that guy over there. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, did you know that it is, is doing this over here. And I'm, I'm collecting art and buying art. And, you know,
1: it's a love. Yeah. It's just love. it's just love. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. So I'm, I'm always curious to talk to other artists and find out what creativity feels like for you. So, I don't know about you, but I get in my head a little bit. Sometimes I have this, actually the what's behind me is this huge, like seven foot canvas. It's blank, but I'm kind of gearing up to, and it's big, right? Like that's a, um, but I often will get to this point where I have like, I can feel this like really cool inspiration where I just want to get in there and start painting Mm -hmm. and it's alive and it's not me and it's innocent and curious and it just wants to play and explore. And then I'll, I'll pick up the paintbrush sometimes and just be like, oh, and I get really in my head about it and I want to make it look nice and I want to make it look pretty and I want to make it be good and and all that, all that stuff. And it's been a beautiful practice for me to, to notice that that's happening and, and drop underneath it sort of, and like feel what, what does creativity want to do? Not what does my mind want to do? What does creativity want to do? And so I'm always curious. Like, what does it feel like for you? Like, how do you relate to creativity that way? Is it? I, I, what are your struggles with it? How does it? What's your? Do you have like a? Oh, oh yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And you know, I almost feel like um, really the big love affair that I've had in my life is with art or color or like the intangible blob that is art art, and color and it has been like this like oh god you're just not taking you know you just can't give me what I eat and here I am like you know in a hard spot and you're just not really doing it and then and like oh but I like <laughs> you know like I'm having this but I can't, weird, walk away. Yeah, I can't walk away yeah I, I, I have that kind of relationship with art where that it always saves me and it's like uh, I I just love the sense I do have a sensation of it and I also do know all, all the things about it like when you, you need you need to paint something but you can't or mm-hmm. you have to make a living but you can't or mm-hmm. like all the all the weird other parts about having a life with art and uh like I, I listen to music when I paint. So that really helps me shut my, shut my thinking brain off because mm-hmm. I, I don't think that the thinking brain has anything good to bring.
1: No. For, <laughs> it for really me. Doesn't. Not for yeah. me. Well, like I think that seems to be a common theme.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. my dad even,
1: this is funny because my
0: dad did really intelligent art where he did like political art and he had, political things he was trying to say things he was commenting on. Like there was a, there was a lot of that in his work and he, even he said uh, the rational mind is the
1: home of bad painting. The rational mind is the home of bad painting. (laughs) I want to write that down. (laughs) I know. I feel like there are so few truths, like absolute truths in life. And that is one of them. Yeah. It was just so
0: it, you know through all the years and everything that you said it was just really and he was so analytical like I know this is an interview with me and you're basically talking to my dad but (laughs) but he you know he was my template for so many you know things and he had I watched him go through like not painting for a long time painting like I really got to see both of my parents and their what they did that made them successful to in the eyes of others and in their own eyes, and mm-hmm. also what they did that made them that blocked them
1: in the mm-hmm. eyes of others and in their own eyes. So was that, that translated for you? Oh it like it's a lot of uh, sign,
0: war- like warning signs, you know, and different things that I'm really conscious about that I, I do because like for instance, my my mother, my, my mother, they both had different uh, different practices, but my father relent- relentlessly pruned his artistic output. So if he did something and he didn't like it, he would destroy it like it was wow. gone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I remember he would regularly have like bonfires, burn stuff like wow done. ceramics smash like wow and he only kept the best of what he did that he was really really liked and I remember when I was a kid watching one of these and like wanting to take something that like no you can't don't not that I like I liked it right and he he wouldn't let me and he said uh just really, he was really cool too, like just this really cool guy like, having this giant fire, no, and uh, he said, "Not everything you do belongs in the National Gallery," you wow. know. And he's just burning the other things, but that freed him, so yeah. he didn't have to constantly look at all of his failed work, right? right. My my mother didn't do that. She she didn't edit herself she didn't like i don't know what in their background maybe because my dad had came from like nothing and lost everything
1: and i i, I don't know like, it was I, easier for him to let go of everything because he didn't have anything
0: yeah exactly like he was right. uh, he was born in 1943 a in first nation he couldn't vote until 1960 he went to residential school he like survived it like it was just really you know he had a a tough go he had a hard one yeah yeah. so they had totally different things that and I watched my mom struggle with oh she she just really struggled
1: with herself and her artistic uh output she was she trying to make it be something specific and she couldn't make it happen or because it sounds like he it sounds like he was like he had a very clear vision and yeah. he was very committed to bringing that into form yeah and anything else it's like it's like he was like a super manifester like oh yeah he just was, doing that and that's all I'm doing
0: he was and, and he was even convinced that he was gonna die early like from it, about the time I was born he thought yeah he even told my mom like apologize to her I'm sorry I'm not going to. Not gonna
1: oh. be here very long, but oh was he and was he right? Well he did die young actually, but wow. he did make it
0: 25 years with my mom. But <laughs> I was oh. 25 when he passed, so it was wow. it was quite young. But uh yeah, he was just really determined on this, what he had to do. And he and he did accomplish what he wanted, but he was the first indigenous artist to be recognized as a contemporary artist in Canada to be purchased. He was purchased as contemporary art by the National Gallery of Canada. And every other Indigenous artist before that had been ethnographic art, like museum pieces. Like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is a, Mm -hmm. here's Mm a, it's not art, it's just nice. But his was like, here's art, capital C, contemporary. And there's my dad.
1: Amazing. Mm -hmm. This episode of Creative Genius is brought to you by Morning Moon Nature Jewelry. Instantly familiar, yet unlike anything you've ever owned, this extraordinary handcrafted heirloom jewelry is famous for its incredible detail of actual textures from nature. Get 15% off your first order and feel the wonder. Use coupon code CREATIVEGENIUS at lovemorningmoon.com. So you got to see two very different ways of relating to a body of work that comes out of you. And how do you think you landed? Like, do you prune and edit yeah. the way that he did? Yeah, you do. I do. I do completely. Do you have bonfires with your yep. artwork? And Yeah, yep. you do? Yeah, I wow. do.
0: Because there's no other way to get rid of it. It's really funny. But
1: you can't paint over it or... Well, yeah. Sometimes you can, sometimes,
0: sometimes you can, and sometimes
1: you can't. <laughs> yeah. Can. I'm a little bit of a squirrel. Like I can't throw anything away. I have a really hard time. So if I don't like, a, I mean, often some of my favorite paintings are ones that I've painted over like four yeah. or five, six yeah. times. Cause, and they just kind of, there's a life to them.
0: Yeah. Agreed. I, yeah. I, I love doing that too. But um, yeah. And
1: what's your, so he had, it sounds like he had a very clear calling it's just it really comes across as a calling and something that he was really dedicated and committed to bringing to life and and that was how creativity spoke through him and how that intelligence wanted to use him how do you feel what do you think creativity wants from you what do you think it wants well, you to do and it's be? funny
0: because i uh, he he was an artist who is inside art like as a, a vehicle for social change and me, I am inside of art as like, a, I'm, I'm a sensualist. Like, <laughs> I'm in, Joy. like, wow, look yeah. at this pink. I, and <laughs> I you yeah. know, I really love the, the texture of the paint and just what you can make it do and what that feels like when you see paint behave that way, how those certain colors can just make feelings like. Goosebumps Mm -hmm. and just just from out of color and behavior of it as a as a material. Well, we had this conversation once, and it was really funny because he was a he was a hard man to impress in in certain Mm -hmm. ways, right? Mm -hmm. But I knew that I had really impressed him because he copied this what I said to him in this conversation, and I heard him say Ah. the same thing to somebody else. I was like, okay, well, that's I. Point for an that's and, um, me <laughs> yeah and it was that I came over with a painting and I'm showing him and I'm like in my early 20s uh, 21 maybe I'm like hey check this out here's my painting and he looks at it really like art like professorish and he just gives this whole rundown about oh yeah I see what that is it's it's this because this and it means that because this and he Just tries to like sum it all up and write it off, or not write it off, but just say. And I was really like eyebrows up and writing And I said, Wow, no, like none of that. It's not, it's not any of that. It's just beautiful. This is just like painting. This is just, this is just a good looking mm-hmm. thing. And it's a, it's a painting. You know, I'm, I'm a painter. That's it that's my painting (laughs) and (laughs) I I heard him say that to somebody when they were asking him what does it mean Carl and he said what do you mean what does it mean it's a painting I'm an artist it's a painting it's
1: beautiful wow How wonderful yeah. that you guys gave each other such gifts. Cause that's that sounds like such a departure for where from where he'd come from to be able to just say, Yeah, hey, it's just beautiful to be, you know, to be able to open and for you to be able to kind of take some of his like harsh like boundaries yeah. around. No, this yeah. has to be, you know, like that's beautiful. I love how you the gifts well, that you gave each other. Oh yeah.
0: We had we had a really good relationship, really clo- It was actually it was really close like that my whole life. And when I finished art school, I came back home and uh, he actually bought a house for me so that I would have wow. a place to live. Yeah, he he Was went to, to Ottawa and he watched a movie called, you remember My Big Fat creek Wedding? Yes. He, he watched that movie and at the end where the dad buys the daughter the house next door, my mom says she looks over and he's in tears in the theater.
1: Then Aww. he comes back. <laughs> And he bought
0: you the he house next door. And pretty, pretty much, it was about 10 minutes wow. away. Yeah, it was <laughs> a,
1: an old school house for $29,000. Wow. know, When you could buy houses for $29,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was it him that taught you how to harvest the pigments from the mountains near your home? It was him that brought you out there?
0: Yeah. Well, doing
1: that now,
0: it just really helped. It was such a great feeling too. Go back to doing that with my kids, and
1: yeah, yeah, it felt like really visiting with him. And was that the seed for Beam Paint? Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was,
0: and that's part of the reason for naming it Beam because that was his his last name. And I started the company. Its legal like birthday is on his break was on his birthday.
1: Oh, was that on purpose mm-hmm. or did it just work out? Oh, well, it,
0: it happened to be in yeah. that time. So it's like, okay, we just put
1: it on this time. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He... Did you, did you know that it would, I mean, I'm guessing did I know that it? it's, well, I mean, it just seems like you're enjoying such, like, it's just, you, uh, my impression is that you just kind of can't keep up with, Yeah, people are so in love with what you're doing. And it is, I mean, I have to tell you, like, I will tell anybody who listens to me. I was on the ferry the other day in the in the undercarriage of the ferry with my dog because we'd walked on as so we were in like the dungeon of the ferry, and there's this other woman. And then I was like, I need to tell you about these paints. Anybody who will listen, I will tell them <laughs> to go out. And, oh, and actually, awesome. like, I don't know if it's just my circle, but a good number of these people who some of them are strangers and some of them are friends, tell me, um, oh, I have, I bought some of those. I have some of those. And um, a couple of them more than i would want have said kind of sheepishly and a little bit quietly that they haven't opened them yet and it i want to talk to you about this yeah i hear that so much okay so we so we do need to we need to talk about it because i think it makes me want to cry and i feel like i mean So there's that thing where people like put a cover on the couch because they don't want to use the couch or they don't use the good china or they don't burn the pretty candle or whatever. This feels, this is different. I feel like this is more like this internal, it's back to this not being able to claim creativity as your own. So I, I feel like people think there's... There's this joyful little innocent child in them that comes up and says, "Oh my god, those are so beautiful. I want to pick pay- Yes, let's buy them and we'll go home and we'll paint them and, we'll yes. and we'll play and then and they get the paints home and they open them up and they're in love and they're so beautiful. And then there's this other voice that comes in and says, "Who do you think you are? Yeah. You're not a real artist. You shouldn't you don't deserve these paints and you're going to Yeah, you're going to make a mess or You're going to make a mess, yeah. you're going to it's going to waste them. Mm-hmm. It, you you shouldn't do." So, for the person who's sitting at home right now listening to this us talking about this and going, yeah, okay. That was me. I, (laughs) I do that. I bought these beautiful paints and then I'm not using them because I'm for whatever reason, what would you want to say to them?
0: Uh, It's like buying a a car. Like you're going to get a Ford Mustang and just leave it in the garage. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do that. Like you, Uh you must take it and head out on, on the highway. Definitely. That's, that's what I would say. And I I hear that a lot too, people saying, oh, I can't, well, I'd love to, but I can't paint or, you know, all the versions of that. And there's a lot of versions of people yeah. are so, and you know that they're so used to saying it. They've said it so many times uh, about why mm-hmm. they can't. But I think that uh, even just to take that brush and just to use the brush to activate the color and Spread it over a volume of area that alone, just that alone, is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. And it's really gives you a, I think it's actually healthy for the spirit and the, the mind to bathe in that color. Mm-hmm. And I think the act of seeing your hand, your intention create that color and extend that, enlarge this thing of color that's my biggest like exercise out to people and really every single order we send out has one thing like a little thing of color and i tried to i did a a video on tiktok actually doing like uh here's one sheet of purple Mm -hmm. and i just Mm -hmm. filled out a sheet and made a big 22 by 30 purple and that's it has a there's a vibration to it like there's a yep. there's scientific things going on that we can't even really understand But it mm-hmm. has it has an effect and even just that's enough you know yeah uh, mm-hmm. i think people look at like like ima- imagine we were going to say those people who were right and yes there's people who can and people who can't then how are you going to explain mark Rothko? And, and like, you know, all the wonderful abstract artists or even, like, as we go through time and different kinds of art are accepted and and celebrated and others aren't, like, you know, abstract impressionism was not, there was a moment where that was not the thing. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And every single thing that is the thing had a time when it wasn't. Wasn't appreciated, and so that kind of goes back to it can't be about uh, trying to get an outside outside appreciation. It mm-hmm. has to be a really internal, selfish, self grat like self gratifying thing, and uh, that's that's one of the great things, and it's also one of like the foibles too. Like you know, you can't be it's easy to become too self-absorbed as an artist. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And stop like looking, looking out at what other people are doing and being inspired by that.
1: And balancing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I love what you said about just getting the brush wet and moving it around in the color. And cause I think that can be, I mean, it's so basic and obvious, but it's like, I've done that before too. If I'm, if I'm stuck, I will just, I'll just open some paint or I'll just get a, my you know I'll do that intuitively but yeah I think that's a really useful practice for somebody who's just really feeling like uh it takes the pressure off you don't have to you're not yeah. making something you're not doing something you're you're yeah you're enjoying the color and you're interacting with yeah yeah
0: and if you put on you put on music and you just put this color out and you have this experience that's what what I love is that I know that there's something there's something in there in the big thing of what we, what we call art and that that's energy or that entity or whatever it is, it, you'll meet it in there and some, something happens and it wasn't you that did it really. You yeah. Know, that, and that's always some of my favorite things. Like uh, if I'm painting, I, I'll get really like tight, you know, that I'm, I'm painting and then I have to remind myself I'm, I'm painting <laughs> and, and I could do something looser that something unexpected will happen and then that's like the verb painting.
1: Yeah. So do you, do you ever get, do you ever find yourself just, I guess I would call it kind of creative block? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and is that what you is that, is, do you have other strategies or is that kind of your main go-to um,
0: for you... oh what something lately that I, I'm really really enjoying is that I like uh I like painting. Well, you know, in music where musicians will do covers of songs that they like. So I'm kind of doing covers of paintings I like and art different artists that I like, like uh Peter Doig and then even like some, the real classic masters like Van, yeah. Van Gogh and stuff like that I'll, I'll go and I'll do a, a study of one of their works um I did I, and I've done quite a few of them I've done some Tom Thompson group of seven ones I did the West Wind I did Jack Fine. I did uh, oh. Peter Doig's Camp Forestia this white camp I did Edward Mooks, um, The Storm, and I've done some Edward Hopper and, well,
1: uh, Van Gogh and Monet. Yeah. Are they all, Are they all? have you shared them all on social media? Could people go and, and see your studies? Or
0: Yeah, some of them are yeah. on there. I think that I, I probably put, I think I put the Monet one. No, I put up Van Gogh.
1: Uh,
0: I did Oleanders by Van Gogh.
1: Oh, I think I saw, I think I remember seeing that one. That's, yeah. That's
0: probably the most recent one.
1: And then... That, that's a nice thing to do because you sort of get, you're not responsible for the outcome, really. Yes. I mean, because it's like, you're just kind of, Yeah. you're, yeah, you're, you're, somebody else's has, yes. has beaten down the path well, for you and you're just kind of going down not, the path again.
0: You're not going to pretend like that's an actual ankle. like it's obvious right. that it's <laughs> not. And then the right. other thing is if somebody walks in and they're like, what's this? What's this ridiculous thing? That's a Van Gogh. Come on, yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's already it is something else. But I think beyond that, I learned so much doing those. Like, yeah, I think I've painted the Camp Forestia by Peter Doig like um, a lot. I've done it small in watercolor. I've done it in oils. I've done it bigger. The original painting, which I really hope I get to see someday, the original painting, I think is six feet by six feet. Wow. So, yeah, I've never done it life size, but I've come pretty close. So I've done some six foot by four foot paintings, and there's parts that Camp Forestia is in there, and then I keep going building like these landscapes around
1: what's in the, in the middle. So that, that's been my like fun, fun thing to do. Oh, that's cool. You said something a minute ago. I wanted to go back to for a minute. You talked about how when you're, you've got the brush wet and the color is there and there's a feeling that happens and you're meeting it, you're meeting it. it. And I wondered if you might explain what the it is.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know what the, what is the it. I, I really, uh, I, there's a sense, there's a sensation, uh, and there's also like an awareness for me in the same way that there's an awareness that yes, there is a divine. Like I believe in a divine power, but I don't exactly have a, I don't have a name for it. But I've seen evidence of it. Like I, I believe.
1: Yeah, it's believe, real. It's as yeah, yeah, it's as real I believe in, yeah, it's in that.
0: There's something that organizes the universe, right? And um, I that there's also that same thing is inside uh, art and color, and I think that that happens to anybody when they find a flow state that they encounter that energy in writing or a- athletics or sport or like uh, flow.
1: I I think it's like flow state. Would you say, I'm just this is just me going off on a tangent with you because this is so fascinating, but would you say that it's got like a personality and like could you describe Yeah, I I
0: think I totally think that this is the the thing that is like, you know, when you feel when you feel that light shine shine on you, you feel so loved by it. And then when you need it. And it's not shining on you. <laughs> and I'm like, what that? Hey, <laughs> where'd you go, man? Yeah. 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 And uh, I think that that maybe comes down to like expectations or understanding of love. Right? That, that love is, it's not something that you, you put, ex- you can't put this thing on it. That love is this person's always got to make me a sandwich. And if they don't make me a sandwich, then they don't show up and I don't love them anymore. Mm -hmm. but it's I think there's something for me there's something like that in there because I think about it all the times when I was like needing to well here's an interesting thing like when the pandemic happened and all that stuff was going on and it was also very intense for me because my mother had just gone into long-term care the week before the first oh wow yeah so she was in long-term care and where I was coming off of the a year, six months of really intense kind of caregiving that would lead up to her going in. And I I really then the pandemic like it was just really so much. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I really wanted to feel like soothed and take I wanted to feel taken care of then. Mm-hmm. And I went into the Pete Studio and I decided to, like, make a color for that for me, and it was so great, because I remember the sun was coming in the window, and I was making this color, and I started mixing it, and it turned into this wonderful, like, buttercream color, and I called it butter, and we still, we still make it, but it was made to, like, be soothing, and I could feel, like, my mom and I could think of like all the kitchens I was in as a kid and people making like cake with we used to have like blueberry cake and we'd have butter on it when it came out of the oven and it's just so you know yeah, it's all yeah. those things you're gonna be okay.
1: Yeah I love that art can I love that our craft and our art can provide that kind of soothing and self-love you can conjure it, you know, when you need it and and it can really be there for you.
0: Yeah. So that's that's kind of like it's really thrilling to think that as a as a human, as a, as a creative person, you're part of uh, something. Uh, this dialogue that's been going mm-hmm. on for centuries, like mm-hmm. centuries and centuries, and you're actively in a in a experience with these people who are so far removed from you but they're right there mm-hmm. they're and, right there yeah and what they were projecting or feeling or those situations or hopes and dreams or like all that emotion all that experience is just right there yeah. <laughs> that is when they made it
1: you know that's a really an amazing thing so do you think as we're talking about this it just it this is how I feel about creativity. I feel that it is the intelligence that is breathing us. It is the same intelligence that's telling a flower how to open. And it's the same thing that's telling us which pigment to put in here to make that color to like, we're being guided and led by this intelligence when we're, when we're, and I've seen, I've seen it happen with musical performers to singers. I've watched, you know, that intelligence come through their bodies and kind of take over. and and. I have that overall kind of feeling that it's trying to say something through us or let us tell us something or communicate something. And I'm curious if you have that feeling and if you do, what do you think it's trying to say?
0: Oh uh, yeah, I I definitely think in in some way, but that's what I think is so great about it is it's, it's the ineffable, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, that's why it can be so so really land on you is if there was if there was anything really concrete then you could explain Mm -hmm. it away (laughs) Mm -hmm. or or write it off but because it is you can you can look at a painting like uh you know it's hard to think of one example but you know out of the pantheon of all the greats and you look at a painting. Well I mentioned Hopper before, right? So let's just say that. You look at Edward Hopper and the, the one, the night one, the famous one. Jeez, I can't think of that. On the where they're eating a sandwich at the corner diner. Yes, I know the one. Yeah, yeah, and you just look at it and you you feel you feel it and you don't even know like what what the heck? What is that? Yeah. It's two it's two people but there's something else that you really,
1: something else yeah there's something else I feel like I could ask you about a thousand more questions so maybe I'll have to have you <laughs> back on the podcast again but I want to um, respect your time and I know that our listeners are expecting a not a four hour phone call but or podcast but I have I guess I have one question and I asked this to everybody who comes in the show We've talked a little bit about it already but just to put a fine point on it if you had a billboard, that every person in the world, who longed to be an artist, but for some reason believed they were not good enough, weren't creative enough, didn't like all those things that we talked about, and that you knew that this all these people who believe that would see this billboard and it would it would reach their heart. What would you put on it?
0: Oh wow, that's so that's such a good question. <laughs> I was want, want to be kind of like slightly sarcastic about it, but. Uh, you know, a thing that used to get in my way was thinking about like, well, you know, why, why, oh, but why, why does it matter I do this beautiful thing and why? And I think maybe it doesn't have to be, it just, just paint, it doesn't have to be everything. Mm -hmm. it's then you do it's a painting and then do the next painting you don't have to fit it all into one painting you could do you could do the take put the pressure off to the next painting
1: Mm -hmm. I love that so (laughs) much oh thank you and thank you for your time today I've really I was looking forward to talking to you so much and I just like I said I feel like I could talk to you for Hours and hours and hours and hours, but I'm really yeah, we'll have to, to do, it, do this again for sure. So many wise insights from Anang in this episode. I loved her reminder that claiming ourselves as artists and accessing what creativity is trying to do through us is an inside job. Seeking external validation is a waste of time. True art is a selfful, self gratifying act, allowing ourselves to create what wants to be created from inside not what we think the world outside will like. She reminds us to think of the breakthrough artists like the Impressionists. All the critics at the time said they were creating crap art. It's a good thing they didn't listen and instead kept creating for themselves. And if you take one thing away from this episode today, I hope it's that you give yourself permission to put on some music, wet a paintbrush, and simply move the paint around. Stay open to conjuring the self-love that comes through approaching creativity with innocence and no expectations. If you let yourself do this, you just might meet that ineffable energy we call creativity, the intelligence that organizes the entire universe. And then something unexpected might happen. And when it does, you'll be painting. I have a fun challenge for you. Forward this episode to the first friend that pops to mind right now. Don't overthink it. There's a reason you thought of them and you never know, you might change their life forever. See a picture of my favorite Anam being painting and her incredible handmade watercolor paints, and find links to her websites in the show notes on kateshepherdcreativecom slash creativegenius. That's Shepherd. S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the show, Please consider joining my Patreon at patreoncom slash podcast. Your support helps make it possible for me to continue bringing you these inspiring conversations with artists every other week. As a Patreon member, you'll have access to things like bonus content, live Ask Me Anything sessions, and even original art sent right to your door. We have an incredible lineup of guests coming up; you won't want to miss a single one. So, before you forget hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And I would love it if you'd head over to iTunes to leave the show a review. I love your feedback. It helps me learn how to continue to evolve and improve the show for you. And did you know you can watch full video of most of our episodes? Head over to kateshepherdcreativecom slash creativegenius for all the details. Thank you again for listening. May you find and unleash your creative genius.